Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Daniel. My wife, Megan, and I are the location pastors here at Destiny Church, Nuremberg Region. We know that today's message will bless and encourage you because the Bible tells us that the Word of God is alive and active. If you want to connect in with us, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, follow us on social media, or visit our website at destinychurch.de. Let's get into the Word. Last week, I just want you to say it. I want you to say it with me. You know what? I'll tell you what. Now that you're comfortable, can you stand to your feet? I'm about to read the word. We started this last week, and what we're going to do every week is we're going to stand when re- we read the word, uh, not because we're ju- not because this is a religious exercise, but because the word is the word of God. It's living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating soul and spirit, bone and marrow. This is what the Bible says. It is. It is Jesus. It is Him. It is the Son. It was there in the beginning. It's here now. It changes lives. I can't change lives. Destiny Church can't change lives. It is the Word of God and Him only who can transform us from the inside out. So we stand because we honor His Word for what it is and who it is. And we're going to believe that God God does something today in and through us as we read the word. But before we do that, I want you to put your hand on your heart because last week, if you weren't here, you need to go back and watch last week's sermon. But this is what we said last week, and we're gonna declare this again over our lives as a church and over a a people. So I want you to say this after me. Say, Lord, send revival and do it through me. Listen, I don't know. Keep your hand on your heart. I don't know. I don't know what your experience with the word revival has been. Um, maybe you've looked upon um, from the outside looking and you've heard of revivals and you've seen what seems to be crazy stuff happens or maybe you've been a part of it and you grew and it was like every year the church would schedule a revival. Can I tell you a revival is when God supernaturally invades and revives his people and refreshes his people and brings something new and breaks chains and delivers people. Say it one more time with me. Lord, send revival and do it through me. All right, let's read today. I want to read to you today Luke chapter 11. Stay standing, and then I'll tell you when you can sit down. Doesn't that feel great? I'll t- I, I, I've been telling people, I stand up all service during worship and during the message, so you can at least stand with me while I read. And you're probably like, read already, come on. Luke chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now, Jesus was pre- praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted us and lead us not into temptation and he said to them which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him friend lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him and he will answer from within do not bother me the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed I cannot get up and give you anything I tell you though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend yet 
because of his impudence or persistence, he will rise and give him what he needs. Verse 9, and I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he speaks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Father, today we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that it doesn't return to you void. It doesn't return to you without accomplishing what you sent it to do. So we are, we are open for your word to accomplish in us everything you want it to do today. And we pray that you would do something new, revive us, refresh your people. God, things that have been long holding your people back, that have long been holding the people back that you've been calling, the, the people who are lost, broken, the prodigal sons, the ones far from God, would be released and we would see a great harvest in this season and in this time. We're believing for that and we're watching for that because we're expectant. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can sit down. <laughs> uh, hey, did you stand up at home? Are you watching online? Did you stand up? Did you participate? You better. I'm just kidding. You do what you want because I can't see you. I want to talk to you on this idea. We've been in this series called a house of prayer, a house of prayer. This is going to be the last week of this, and then Michael preached, and then we're going to start a new series in February. I want to talk to you today on this idea, uh, simply this. Come in. Come in. Somebody say, come in. God wants to invite you into a life of prayer. God wants to invite you into his house, if you will. God wants to invite you into that loving relationship where you commune with him, where you dine with him, where it becomes more intimate, where, the, where you become vulnerable before God like you're not vulnerable before anybody else. God wants to invite you into that prayer. What we've been talking about is an invitation for us to operate in heavenly rooms and heavenly realms. Prayer is that invitation for us to step into heavenly rooms, to come in to everything that God has for us, to partner with God in the mission and everything that he has. It is an invitation. And I feel so strongly this year that like no other year, he's always inviting us into this. But it's, I think it's a make or break season, if you will, to say that he is inviting us into prayer. He's inviting us into earnest prayers we learned last week, intentional prayer. He's inviting us into this space of prayer. And we've probably been from so many backgrounds, so many denominations, church, no church, growing up in church, never being in church before. This is your first week in church. This is your first week watching on YouTube. You didn't even know church was on YouTube. I don't know where we've all come from, but you've probably all had different experiences of prayer and so when we say prayer it means different things some of us think of oh i pray before i eat let us thank him for our food when i was a kid i used to think 
we were talking about lettuce because we were we, we were down we used to say it real fast and stuff let us thank him lettuce you know and i was like not let us but let us thank him for our food and i was like what are we praying about lettuce for i don't understand i didn't even think to really think about it you know what i'm saying I didn't think to think about it, but I was like, what do we even, and, and maybe you grew up that way, like that was prayer, and then you pray prayers at bedtime, as I lay him down to sleep for my soul to keep, whatever creepy prayer that is, you know, like, and you just prayed it over your kids, and they, your parents prayed it over you, and you did it to your kids, because they, and you're like, well, I pray my soul to keep, like, what is he, what do we pray? Maybe you grew up, maybe you grew up in a very charismatic environment and prayer was calling down principalities and it was shandarabasi and everybody's praying and people are going going after it and you're like that's that's prayer to me there's different spectrums and different beliefs of prayer but listen prayer is an invitation for god and you to meet together and to be together i listen i asked i asked ezra I was really actually struggling this week uh, to, God, what do you want me to say? What, what do you want to talk about prayer? It's such a big subject. It's such a, I, I said, I, said I, don't, I don't have a sermon. And can I just tell you, we, we preachers who preach every week have a saying, and we just say Sunday's coming. I just want you to know it is difficult to uh, let a new meal, if you will, marinate um, when I've got schedule, I've got family, I've got kids going around. Because we're all hungry on Sunday. We come hungry on Sunday morning, you know? And it's like every Sunday, and I'm thinking this Sunday, I'm like, I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing. And I, so I asked, I asked Ezra. I said, Ezra, hey, man, can you just can you pray for me? I don't have a sermon. This was like on Friday. I'm like, pray for me, Ezra. I don't, I don't have a sermon. And then... He's prayed before. He's a pastor's kid. But he said to me at this particular instance, he said, I don't, I don't know how. And then instantly it clicked. I said, huh, that's, that's a lot of us. Is we maybe desire to pray. We want to pray. Maybe like Ezra, even in that moment, he was too distracted to pray because he was playing with his action figures and he gets lost in his own fantasy world. And he was too distracted to pray. And, but, or some of us are thinking, I don't know how to pray, so I just don't pray. Because maybe it seems too lofty. It seems too King James-ish. King James-ish. You know, it's too thee, thou, thus. Like, what am I supposed to say? If I know big words, then my prayers are more powerful. We just don't know how to pray. And Jesus' disciples, they would have grown up in a Jewish community seeing their parents. It was a part of culture. Prayer was a part of culture. But yet they asked Jesus, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Because there had to be something different about Jesus praying. They saw Jesus praying and they said, he prays with, he prays with authority. This guy, he prays with authority. He prays with passion. He prays, when he prays, there's results that take place. This isn't just the religious prayers I grew up on, but there was something about Jesus' prayer that when he prayed, the disciples said, man, teach us to pray. I want to know what, I want to know how to pray like that. I want to know, there's got to be a formula, right, Jesus? There's got to be a, there's got to be a way to pray that when we, when we pray, we see demons cast out and we see people healed and the blind eyes and the lame restored and people resurrected. Like, we want to pray like that. 
but we're not really sure how. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Um, our car, uh, our Turon, we had, we had a ding in it, and so I finally got insurance to de- deal with insurance. We took it to the shop. And I showed up to the shop, and I said, and they said, well, are you going to need a car to drive around? I said, yeah, I'll need a, I need a car. And because I wasn't thinking straight, I, didn't, I wasn't specific on what car I needed. And so I show up to the dealership, turn in the car, and I had to get all the car seats out. We have three kids. If you don't know, it's got three kids, all of them in car seats. So I had to get all the car seats out. I said, I got to get some stuff out of the car. Um, Where's the, where's the car that I'm going to drive around? And they point over here, and I look, and uh, there's this really tiny blue car, two doors, and I'm like, how am I going to do this? And so I, I just didn't say anything because I don't like confrontation. I just like, I'm, we'll just suck it up. You know, our car will be ready. And so as I go over there, I'm like, I put the seat, the seat forward like this. It was, a, it was a Skoda City car or city go, or something like that, and so I put the seat up, slide it up, and I'm like shoving, shoving car seats in, like this, and I'm thinking, I don't know how we're going to do this, had to put one kid in the front seat, I don't even know it's, if it's illegal, if you're, a, if you're in the law, and you just, and you know that, we have another car now, okay, um, and just forget I ever said that, everything else I say, remember, but, but that thing, just forget that. And then when I, when I went to go look in the front seat, I realized that it wasn't, the car wasn't automatic, it was manual. Now, this is a problem for me because uh, some, it's a bit embarrassing to tell you this, but I drove a manual one time when I was 15, which in the U.S. you drive, you can drive when you're 15 with an accompanied person. I think I was 15. I don't even remember what kind of car it was. It actually could have been a tractor knowing where I was from. Probably was a tractor manual. I did drive a motorcycle, so I knew I know the whole process of the clutch and shifting and this kind of thing. It's just with different body parts on a motorcycle. And so I'm thinking, oh, no. But then I'm like, oh, this is a good opportunity to learn, you know? It's a good opportunity to learn because it ain't my car. <laughs> and I just, 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 just so... Just so I was sure, I made sure that the lady who was showing me the car went inside before I drove away. And for three days, I had been driving around a manual. My friend in the U.S., he said, were you grinding them until you find them, you know? And that was about, that was me like this, up and down here at Soganarag, like this, you know? People thinking I had hydraulics in the car, and I just, I just went along with it. I'm like, yeah, you know? And, uh, and, and, and I'm like just doing this and I got pretty good. I think I'm, I'm, I'm not really good. Like I'm not, um, I'm not, you know, fast and furious good, but, uh, but I can go up a hill when it's icy. Um, I stalled out one time, one time up a hill. I mean, I'm just really proud of myself. This has nothing to do with with today's sermon. I just want to tell you how proud I am with myself. No, but really I feel like some of us 
when we go through prayer, we feel like this. I don't know how to do this, and we're grinding our way, and we're stalling out, and we're doing exactly what I was doing up and down Herzo for three days, like just so nervous. Like my adrenaline was pumping. I got home, I'm like, I gotta calm down, you know, because people, when people were behind you, and you're like, I could stall out, and they're, and they're Germans, no offense, Germans. I just don't like being honked at. When you get honked at in America, it's a bad thing. It's not like, hey, go. It's like, we're about to fight. Don't honk at me, you know? And I'm like, oh, you know, don't stall out, don't stall out. I'm praying in tongues. I'm praying in the spirit as I shift. I don't know how to shift, in, but I know how to pray. And so I'm praying, don't stall out, don't stall out. But some of us, I feel like, we feel like that when we pray. I can never get out of first gear. Like I, like I pray for two minutes and then, and then I'm distracted. Or I feel like it never gets anywhere. I feel like my prayers are hitting the ceiling. I feel like I can never get to that place. I see that person pray and I like the way they pray. They're really good at prayer, but I don't know how to pray. And I feel like the disciples were this way. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. And Jesus gives them what we now know as the Lord's Prayer. He gives them this, this prayer to pray. When you pray, say. And I just want to talk about this prayer today because I believe it's a formula, if you will. It is a way, I, I'm going I'm to tell you six ways within the Lord's prayer that I believe God is revealing to us how we relate to God in prayer. Six ways we can relate to God in prayer. And the first way he says, pray this, pray, Father, Father. The first way is relational, relationship. We relate to God in prayer in relationship. And this is so hard for some of us maybe who've grown up in such a religious environment because prayer was such a religious thing. Prayer was such a thing that we did when we were out of obligation. Prayer was such a thing that we did when we had to go confess our sins. Prayer was, is such a thing that we do when we don't feel bad and you feel like, oh man, I forgot to pray today, so that's why everything bad has happened to me. And we do it out of religion and not out of relationship. But God wants us to know that when we pray to him, we start in relationship with him. He is our father. And whether we've had a good picture of our of our, with our fathers in life, he is a perfect heavenly father who loves. Every mistake that you've ever made as a dad, dad's in the room, every mistake that your dad made, he, is, he, he's never made those mistakes. He is perfect in every way, and we start in prayer with him in relationship with him. It's a relationship. And so often we can get distracted by religion and we think, oh man, what do I pray? What do I pray? What do I pray? Can I just tell you, when you love someone, you don't always think about what I'm going to say to them. It naturally comes out. When you're first courting somebody and you're dating somebody, or you're going to go ask them out, yeah, you think, you think it through. But you don't have a relationship yet. You don't have a relationship. But when you... When, you, when I got married, everything changed because now we brush our teeth together. Now we share the, the same bathroom and the same house. And we know all our flaws. She knows all my flaws. I know all her flaws. And we, it just flows out what we talk about, what we say. And sometimes it's not pretty. And all the, all the, all the gushy stuff is held back and we get in arguments. And we tell, we tell each other how we feel. Anybody tell each other how, we, how you feel? You did it this, today on the, way to, on the way to church? 
It always happens on Sunday or Saturday night for us. We're supposed to be praying. And, but, but prayer can be this way with God. Man, you just read the Psalms and look at how David prayed. David was real and relational with God. God, I don't want to go to work today. God, I'm broken. God, God you, you, just, you just be real with him. Start in that place of relationship. You don't know where to start, just be real. Just, just have the relational conversation with him and be vulnerable. He says, Father, hallowed be your name. Number two way to relate to God in prayer. Hallowed be your name is lordship. While he is relational, he's still Lord. And some of us have maybe got the relational thing and you think he's your best buddy. And then every time that you, you, you want to do what you want to do, every time God tells you to do something, you've ignored it because he's just friend. He's just buddy. He's just relational. He's not just relational. He's Lord. And when, when I come and I approach him to, as Lord and I pray, then when he tells me something, I'm obedient to that thing. And when I pray to him, I am not just relational, but I'm reverent. When I pray to him, I'm entering, there's so many pictures in scripture of a throne room. I guarantee you, you wouldn't walk into the king's courts and be like, yo, what's up? I'm here. You would come with reverence. You would come in this posture. Lord, I'm not perfect. But that's why I need you. But that's why I need you. But that's why I need you. Man, the prodigal son, he came home and he stayed home and he came that way because of relationship. But then he had to submit again to his father as the Lord of the home. He's Lord. He's Lord. Sometimes when we pray, we're trying to make God our puppet. God, do this. God, do that. God, I need this. I need that. Can I tell you, heaven isn't a casino where you go and pull the slot machine and hope you win. He is Lord. And what he says goes. He is Lord. And, when I, and so part of, part of prayer, listen to me, is not just giving your laundry list of things and situations going on. I probably spend most of my time in prayer in silence. And I'm just saying, God, speak. What do you want to say? And I'm trying to, and it's not even just, it's not even just silence physically, but it's silence mentally. That's harder than physical silence. It's sometimes, sometimes I'm in the middle of prayer. Ding. Who's that? Ding. And then you start thinking. Hey, when you pray, listen to me. When you pray, put a notepad next to you, and anything that comes to your mind that's distracting you from prayer, write it down. That way you, don't, you, can, you, you know you can just leave it alone. Write it down and put it away. Put it away. And just spend time listening to what he has to say. Sometimes you, don't, you aren't going to know what to say and what to pray. Just say, God, here I am. Speak. And listen to what he wants to say. He'll speak to your heart. You, 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 ideas will run past your mind that you're like, that wasn't my idea. 
And then he is Lord and we're obedient to that. We're obedient to that. When people encountered God in scripture, there was such a reverence. Lord, I'm so flawed. I'm so imperfect. My, uh, my lips and, and just send me. I'll go. What do you want, God? That's what prayer looks like. And then he says, pray this, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Number three, way to relate to God in prayer is stewardship. Stewardship. We are stewards of God's kingdom. God has a kingdom and we are stewards of it. We are not, we, do, we have our own kingdoms that we try to build and we try to get God to come be the oracle in our little kingdom. But we operate in his kingdom and we're stewards of his kingdom. We're stewards of what he wants to do on the earth. We are stewards of what God wants to see come through. When we pray, we should be praying as stewards and representatives of his kingdom and, his, and the expansion of his kingdom. So we should pray for things like this. Make a list of people it just do it with one person and see what happens. Somebody in your life, whether it's work, whether it's uh, your family, that, that does not know God, that is far from him, and pray for them every day that you pray, every time that you pray. It doesn't have to be long. Just pray, God, I pray that you draw them close to you, that they have divine appointments. Bring them to you, Jesus, that they would receive salvation, that they would come to know you, God. You are praying as a steward of his kingdom to see his kingdom expanded. Pray for your workplace. Pray for your family. Pray for your city. Pray for your neighborhood. Not just, not just your life and everything that you want God to do in your life, but begin to pray for his kingdom to advance. Are you with me? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not my kingdom, not my plans, but Jesus, your will, your plans. What do you want to do on the earth? And part of that comes from number two, lordship, hearing what he wants to do. This is what I want to do. And then you begin to pray it in. Number four, give us today our daily bread, he says. Sonship sonship this is a this is a picture of being adopted into the family of god when you pray you also have to recognize your position as a son and a daughter of the most high god like i know you you love your family but you are sons and daughters of the king of kings who has all authority on heaven and in earth you are sons and daughters. When you come to him, you must realize that you're not a lowly servant, but you are a son and you're a daughter. It's again the picture of the prodigal son who comes thinking that he'll just be a servant again in his father's house. He said, I've screwed up so many times that I'm now going to come to my father's house and I'm going to, I'm going to be a servant because I feel full of shame. I feel full of guilt. No, God wants to break off the guilt and shame from your life and wrap you in robes of righteousness and give you the signet ring which stands for the authority that the father had. He wants to give you that authority and when you pray, you ought to pray with authority. It's not your authority, but it's his authority and then you have it because you're sons and daughters so when I pray you got to pray in in the name of Jesus I command this thing to go 
in the name of Jesus, I have authority. Jesus said, I will give you authority to cast out demons. Woo, you didn't know. I, I'll give you authority to heal the sick. I have authority as a son and as a daughter to speak into existence what's not in reality in front of me. Authority. Give us today our daily bread. I am a son and I'm a daughter. I, 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 am, I am adopted in. I am in the family of God. Therefore, he provides for me. Therefore, he provides for me. My provision comes from the place of my position in him. Are you with me? I hope so, because I'm going to keep going. Listen, my kids aren't afraid to ask. My kids aren't afraid to ask. Every time I go to a store, can I buy this? Can I have this? I don't know if your kids are more reverent than mine, but they're all up in stores making a, they know exactly what to say and exactly when to scream to get what they want. They are not afraid to ask. But if I go to a store to, with you and we go hang out, I bet you're not going to ask me to buy you something. I mean, maybe you would. And I just might. But my kids are going to ask differently than you would. Because they're my kids. Don't be afraid to ask him for big things. Listen, some, sometimes we're asking. My, 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 kids, my kids, they don't understand the concept of money. I want you to not understand the concept of heavenly money. I want you to not understand that like a kid doesn't understand money. They ask for things, I'm like, do you know how much that is? Can we have a new car, Dad? Like every week, you know, like just change the colors out. Yeah, right. Do you know how much that costs? And you got to tell them this is all your toys times a million if we sold them. And they still don't understand. You need to begin to ask God for things that are impossible for you to accomplish. They're only possible if he intervenes. It's only possible if he steps in. Give us today our, our daily bread. God, you are the God who provides. Number five, for, for we forgive everyone who is indebted to us. For we forgive fellowship. Fellowship. When you realize that you are forgiven in this place of prayer, coming to prayer, it's so much, when you realize the level of forgiveness that he forgave you, it's so much easier to forgive others. Fellowship. Can I tell you that your relationship with other people affects your prayer life? Your relationship with other people affects your prayer life. Sometimes Megan and I will get in an argument and then I gotta go write a message and I'll be in there in the name of Jesus. What do you want to say to your people today? What do you want to say, Jesus? And I'm praying. I'm pacing in my little office, back and forth. God, what do you want to say? What do you want to say? And I, and I just like, and then I, I'm like, I know what I need to do. And I walk out of the office. I call Megan or I go find Megan. Sorry, babe. Sorry, I used that tone. Will you forgive me? We make it right, we hug, maybe we argue a little bit more. And we, we forgive each other, we make that right, and then I go back in, and then every, it just, it's like the floodgates of revelation, and it just comes, because I made a relationship right. Because 
our relationships around us, our fellowship is connected to our prayer life. That's why Mark eleven twenty five says, and whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. When you pray, forgive. Listen, sometimes when you come into prayer, there's people that you've been holding uh, bitterness towards. You need to forgive them. And it may not look like calling them on the phone saying, I'm sorry, or do you forgive me? But what you're doing is, is you're releasing them from being indebted to you. They don't owe me anything. You're harboring bitterness because you feel like they owe you something because of what they did or said to you. But when you come and pray, you ought to forgive. God, I forgive them. I release them. There's been multiple times people have hurt me in my life. That it's on a multiple occasions I had to forgive them without telling them I'm forgiving them. But I just release them in Jesus' name. I forgive that person in the name of Jesus. I, they don't owe me anything. That's a hard prayer to pray and mean. But I promise you, when you release that person, that person who's hurt you, that person who you're harboring bitterness and anger towards, that maybe is way back from the past, that's holding you back from the full potential that God has for you, you will experience a release like no other into your calling and into your destiny, and your prayer life will expand like no other. I forgive them. And most of the time, it's the ones that were so close to us that should have never have hurt us that we need to release and forgive, that we've been harboring bitterness towards. Fellowship. Lastly, it says, lead us not into temptation. We relate to God in leadership. He leads us. He leads us. He leads us beside still waters. He leads us into green pastures as the psalm say he leads us to places we need to be willing to be led by him again back to the lordship of jesus we need to be led by him our prayer life is not just again going to say to god this is what we need and this is that and that it is about being led your prayer life doesn't have to look like on your knees in a corner of a room your prayer life can be on the way to work. Your prayer life can be in the middle of a meeting where God is leading you and you're hearing him. If you're open to it, if you're open to God speaking to you in different ways on different occasions, he can lead you to green pastures. He can lead you beside still waters. When everything hits the fan, he's leading you by still waters if you let him. He will lead you into peace. He will lead you into that place. We relate to God as our leader, leadership. He comes to us and he guides us in those places. When you don't know the direction that you're meant to go, he does and he will lead you into that place if you will pray. You've been trying to plan your way into direction. You need to pray your way into direction because you're communicating with the one who leads you. Amen? He wants to invite us in through prayer into this place. He wants to invite us in. He says, and I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it will be opened. Ask, seek. Some of us, some of us are too busy seeking on social media and not seeking him 
and we're, we're, and we're concerned because we don't have answers, we don't have peace, it's because we're seeking in the wrong place and we're not seeking after him. Ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. Worship team or, or keys, can you come? I'm going to close in just a moment. Sometimes, sometimes our kids have, have meltdowns. I don't know about your kids, if you have kids. Um, if you're single in the room, you've seen meltdowns happen in restaurants and in stores, I'm sure. And you've probably said to yourself, that'll never be my kid. Just wait. Anyways, I don't know why I said that, but my kids have meltdowns. And, uh, man, when our middle child was two years old, she, she was the only one who had the terrible two moments, you know. We named her Glory, which means wait, and Linya, which is Russian for lion. Why, I don't know, because she acts like both. She's got attitude. And when she doesn't get her way, you know it. She has meltdowns. She had one the other day. Uh, it's going to serve her well in life. Just, it makes us crazy. And I, I think when she was two or three, I, I was like, how do, we, how do we deal with this? I felt like God spoke to me to do these three things. And it worked most of the time. And I feel like just as I was preparing for the message, maybe it's a strategy for prayer as well for you. Because sometimes, sometimes we get so distracted and we get so consumed. Maybe our meltdowns look different than my middle child's meltdowns, but your meltdowns are so internal that nobody knows what's going on because you've been good at covering it up. You've learned to hide it, but really you're having an internal meltdown. But this is what God told me to do with, with my kids when they're having a meltdown. I was actually reminded of this and need to do it more. It says different place, different pace, and face-to-face. Because what I want to do is I, wanna, I want to increase my volume. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and whatever they're doing right there, I just want to sh- I, I shout, and I want to solve it right there. But, but, but God was like, no, no, no. So what I would do is I would take her, I would, I'd be getting kicked, you know? I'd be like guarding myself like, whoa. And I would take her away from the situation, different place, and then I would go different, different pace. We gotta calm down because it just elevates, it just goes. Different pace, we're gonna slow down, and we're gonna face to face, face to face. God wants to do that with your prayer life. Here's a, this, is, this is just a, a strategy for you. It's not the way, it's a way, but find a place, a different place, I know for me, I can't spend prayer time at my desk because that for me is work and admin and to-do. And the to-do list pops up. Different place. Maybe it's away from the phone. Different place. Find that place. Different pace. Slow down. Slow down. Stop, stop the, the constant thinking. I know it's easier said than done. Get that notepad and write out the stuff so you can think about it after. And, and, and face to face, he's a relational God. He's not a distant God where you're taking prayers and hoping that they get to heaven. Get there. No, face to face. Oh man, he met Moses face to face. 
He wants to meet you face to face. Holy Spirit, he wants to, he wants to interact with us on a daily basis. Different place, different pace, and face to face. And when you meet God in that way, relationally, face to face, you become vulnerable to him, vulnerable with him. You're opening up and saying, this is what I'm dealing with. Listen, God knows already. He's just waiting for you to open up. God knew where Adam and Eve were, he, but he said, he said, where are you? He just needs you to identify what's going on in your heart and become vulnerable and become vulnerable. Glory was having one of these meltdowns. One day I'm not going to be able to talk about them without permission. <laughs> she was having one of these meltdowns the other day, and I was in my office. And she was in timeout in her room, which happens to be outside of my office. And I'm hearing her just nonstop. And then all of a sudden, it's like, ah! I don't know how somebody's vocal cords can do that. It's a miracle. And then all of a sudden, I heard it stop. And I think, oh, she's calm now, you know? And 30 seconds later, I hear at my office, she's supposed to be in her bed in timeout. And I'm thinking, the little hand at the door, I'm just ignoring it, you know. She wouldn't stop. You know what I did? I let her in because she's my daughter and she was knocking. God will let you in if you ask, seek, and knock. God is inviting you, in fact, into that place of intimacy with him. God is bringing you into a place where you are operating in heavenly rooms. He wants to invite you to that place. My challenge to us this year is that we don't stay where we're at, that we, we take the invitation and we come into the places that God has for us and wants for us. Can you stand with me just now? Maybe today God is inviting you into a relationship with him. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus as Lord. You've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe, maybe today you found yourself online or in the room and maybe you grew up in church but you never had that moment where you said, I'm all in Jesus. I'm coming to you. You are the Lord of my life. And you close your eyes with me today. If you're in this room and you say, I want to make that decision today. I'm not waiting until I'm fixed and perfect. I'm broken, but I'm coming to him because he's inviting me into that relationship. And I'm just answering an invitation. Maybe you're coming back to him. Maybe you walked away from him and today you want to rededicate your life afresh and say I'm in with our eyes closed if you're in the room and you say that's me I'm going to pray for you I just, just so I know who I'm praying for nobody's going to call you up front or um, take you somewhere none of that just, I, just so I know who's pray, who I'm praying for can you lift a hand in the air and say that to me I'm rededicating my life today today I'm making a decision for the very first time to know him maybe you're online today we want, to, we want to pray for you. The Bible says, believe in your heart 
and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. That's salvation, is entering into the Lordship of Jesus. For he, his will, not my will, his plan, not my plan. Can you all pray this with me today? Say, Lord, I surrender to you. My life is yours. You gave me yours. I am all in. Lord, send revival and do it through me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're in here today, ask, seek, knock. He says, what, what would a good father, a good father, why wouldn't he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Can you just close your eyes one more time with me? We're going we're gonna to sing just a moment as we close. I just want to pray for you that God would fill you with the Holy Spirit, baptize you in the Spirit and power. If that today, maybe just receive it. If it's for the first time or afresh today, Father, fill us. We're asking for a move of your Spirit. We're asking that you fill us, that you baptize us with your Spirit. Just like people are baptized in water, that you baptize us with your spirit so that we accept that invitation into you, into a new creation, into the empowerment of Holy Spirit. Baptize us today with the infilling of the Holy Spirit, with the gifts of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, we invite you and we're willing and we receive you. Jesus name amen this again this is the last last Sunday of prayer of uh, of this prayer but what I just want to say before we just sing this last song is uh, we are going to be intentional about prayer this year so I'm just making an announcement to you that on Tuesday nights the worship team comes over to our house in Herzo um, and practices we're going to be having prayer on Tuesday nights and you're welcome to come to our house we're going to try to get that on zoom as well and log in Tuesday night 6:30. Um, it'll start and we'll pray for 30 45 minutes and if you're there we'll of course have fellowship and hang out and see how many people we can pack in the house I don't know um, but also we'll try to get that on zoom so please be looking out for that we're going to be praying this year the first second and third of every month prayer and fasting so we're going to continue that theme of prayer and fasting first second and third of every month we're going to be engaging in prayer and fasting it may be new to you but we'll be talking more about that and then on sunday mornings about 9 45 if you want to show up early we're going to be praying here before service 9 45 we're going to find one of these rooms. Maybe it's in our logger room. I don't know. But we're going to be here praying. Um, and so I encourage you to join us. One more prayer. Father, today we thank you. We thank you that you are good, that you are alive and living and active in us. You are not distant. You want to meet with us face to face. Come on. Can we lift our hands today? God, you are awesome. You are amazing. We lift you up today. Our prayer is that you would invade our lives as the Lord of our lives. Our prayer is that you would invade and do something new and fresh in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, worship one last time.